want to introduce to you Mike Beeth. Mike is going to be sharing uh, with us here this morning. Mike is the uh, recovery pastor at Morningside Friends in uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida. And uh, he has been on staff there since uh, 1995. And Morningside, and one of our friends' churches that we've been sort of learning from, uh, launched their Celebrate Recovery in 1991. And so they have been going at this for a long time, and we've invited Mike to come up and to help us with our launch, uh, coming from all of the years of wisdom uh, that he has been involved with uh, at his church. We became aware of Mike and Mike's testimony when uh, Tom Crawford, the um, executive director for the, our uh, uh, Eastern Region uh, Friends Church, brought him with him to, to share his testimony amongst all the other pastors. So we met in Canton, and Mike shared with us just a powerful testimony and so when we were thinking about the, the launch of Celebrate Recovery here, Pastor Steve was like, man, we should get that guy Mike. He had such an amazing testimony. So I'm going to invite Mike Beath to come forward and share with us this morning from his heart. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Woo. I am excited. Hello, everyone. My name is uh, Mike Beeth, and I have a hard time standing up. <laughs> I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who is in long-term recovery for drug addiction and alcoholism. Let's do this again. <laughs> After 39 years of recovery, I've been in and out of every kind of recovery aviance that you can imagine, especially with the AA and NA. And if anyone is familiar with NA and AA, we always say, hi, I'm Mike, I'm an alcoholic, and everybody goes, hi, Mike, okay? But in Celebrate Recovery, uh, my identity is not in my struggles, my identity, wow, I'm already getting emotional. <laughs> my identity is in Jesus. So I say, hi, I'm Mike. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm a believer in Jesus who is in long-term recovery for drug addiction and alcoholism. And you say, yeah, see, I feel official now, okay? But I am so excited to be here. I, I am blessed. Uh, when Eric called me, I had given my testimony, uh, I guess it was about a year and a half ago or so, uh, up in Canton, down in Canton. I don't even know where I'm at anymore. But... Uh, I, w I w had the privilege of meeting all the pastors in the Eastern Region, and, and I shared my testimony in the, in the Ministry of Celebrate Recovery, and uh, it was exciting. I got to meet, uh, were you there? Yeah, you were there, and Steve was there, and uh, the guy that was playing the guitar up here, what, the young Seth, he was there, right? And uh, I met so many people, I don't even know who I met, but, uh, and I had done it, and I just kind of like, yeah, that was great, that was an experience, God used me, and I had a great time, and I got to go to Ohio, and uh, kind of like just went on. And then all of a sudden I get this call from Eric and he goes, hi, this is Eric Marshall. I go, Eric, who are you? You know, I didn't even know who he was. And he goes, I heard your testimony in Cat and I went, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he invited me to participate in your launch for Celebrate Recovery. And man, I just started to levitate. I have such a passion for this ministry because I have seen so many lives transformed as a result of people being able to step out of denial and into God's grace. 
and surrender. And then watch God turn garbage into gold. Take messes and turn them into miracles. And take burdens and turn them into blessings. And this ministry is an unbelievable ministry. And I'm, gosh darn, man, the Spirit's really beating me up here, right? I'm so excited for what's going to take place here at your church. I couldn't get over last night the amount of leaders and volunteers you already have. It took me about a year to get that many people, and you guys already got it before you got started. So I'm really encouraging you to uh, participate in this ministry, and I'm so blessed to be here, and I want to say thank you for the opportunity to come here to, uh, this weekend. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So tomorrow night, uh, you know, you ever been to a restaurant when they open up a brand new restaurant, and they have the grand opening, the open house, the party? That's where you got going tomorrow night. It's an open house, amen? And let me tell you something. Celebrate recovery. It's called celebrate recovery. We celebrate our recovery, amen? It's not recovery. <laughs> I'm going to recovery. No, I'm going to go celebrate my recovery. And that's the, that's the obvious of this ministry, amen? So it's uplifting, it's promising, it's forward-looking, and it's based on the, on the words of Jesus Christ. And so I'm excited for you guys as you launch into this new uh, time in your, in, your, in your ministry. So with that, no further, with that being said, I want to share you my, my testimony. And so I start out like this. Hi, my name is Mike, and I'm a believer in Jesus who's in long-term recovery for drug addiction and alcoholism. Hi. Boy, you guys catch on. And a lot of other issues as well. I've been a multitask offender of a godly living. I had been a, a multitask offender of godly living. And I want to begin by telling you that I'm, I'm no different than any of you out there in the audience. I could stand up here uh, for hours unending telling you of one horror story after another about my life as an active drug addict and alcoholic. It's important that I share a little of that life, but I'm sure you all have your own brand of pain and you do not hear all of mine. I can remember my first recovery meeting and listening to the horror story after horror story, and it made me depressed. I'm not here to depress you. I'm here to share my story of recovery in such a way that you will come to see that what Jesus did for me, he wants to do for you as well. The insanity of my life before recovery was, as I look back, exactly that, insane. My addiction had cost me my marriage, my health, and it was about to cost me the one thing that I thought I could never lose, my job. I was in sales and marketing in Southern California and was the number one salesperson in the Southwest region of the United States, and that included Arizona, Nevada, Southern California, and Hawaii. And I worked for a multi-billion dollar corporation. I was making a lot of money a ridiculously amount of money. My reputation was one of success and great ambition. My peers envied my st status in the corporate world of marketing, and my ego was being fed on a daily basis. Money had become my god, and, was, and with money came a lot of exposure to a fast life, especially in Southern California in the 70s and 80s. Cocaine and booze was the center of everything that I did. Money, cocaine, and alcohol. This was a recipe for disaster. My self-centeredness was on an all-time high. Needless to say, my family life came falling down like an avalanche. My marriage dissolved 
My relationships with my children was non-existent, and the worst part of it all, I didn't seem to even care. It was all about me. My wife didn't leave me, I left her. She didn't even see it coming, and one night after 10 years of marriage with four beautiful children, ranging from three to nine years of age, I decided I didn't want to be married anymore. I had bigger plans for my life. How selfish was that? So the divorce was done, and my addiction began full on at a pedal to the metal pace. I had no relationship with God whatsoever. If you were to approach me and try to express any type of spirituality, I would turn away from you and turn away from you one way or another. I was my own God. I was the master of my own domain. I even remarried, and of course, that didn't work out either. My addiction was in full blossom. Eventually, I hit that proverbial bottom we hear us so much about. My life had spun completely out of control. I was becoming a frequent guest at that gated community called the county jail, and I had become sick and tired of being sick and tired. On October 26, 1979, I surrendered my addiction to the Lord. Mind you, about six months prior, I had surrendered my life to the Lord, but with some qualifications. It was, I'll I'll just break off away from this. It was an Easter morning, Sunday morning, and I had season tickets to the Raiders. I was a big Los Angeles Raider fan at the time. And uh, my second wife at the time, who was someone who I met in the lifestyle of drugs and and alcohol, said, what are we going to do this morning? I said, I don't know, it's Easter. (laughs) Let's go to church. That's what people do. So I went to church, and I, I listened to this message on the resurrection, the death and resurrection, and it wasn't some warm and fuzzy, glowing experience. It wasn't like you know, it was an aha moment. It was just an entertaining story, and the guy had me at hello. You know, I mean, normally when I'd walk into a church, I'd go, okay, we're going to be here for 45 minutes. We'll get out of here. I'll go get a drink, and we'll be okay. I mean, I was just waiting to get out before I even went in. But this guy told his story in such a way, it, it, it was, for lack of a better, it was so entertaining, and I forgot it. I, the time just went like that. But then at the end, they did this thing where they, they said, okay, if, if you felt something today and you have enjoyed this message, I want to pray for you. So bow your head, close your eyes, and nobody's watching, raise your hand, and I'll pray for you. I went, well, a free prayer, I'll take that. <laughs> so nobody's looking. So I raised, and the guy prayed, and he says, okay, you can put your hands down, you can open your eyes and raise your head, and I went, oh, that was kind of cool, I guess. He says, now, if you were one of those people that I prayed for, I would like for you to come down to the front, and we'd like to talk to you. I said, I'm not going down there. And that's a sign of weakness, you know? And so I went, and we went out for dinner, and went to the ball game, and, you know, had a regular Sunday, and got totally wasted, and... But the following Sunday, I said, you know, I kind of like that. I'm going to go back. And I kept going back week after week after week. And every week was that thing, you know. (laughs) And I refused. I would not go down. Well, after about five, six weekends, I was starting to feel a little bit better. I was talking to God during the week more than I normally did. You know, I started acknowledging his existence. I would start arguing with him and stuff. I'd never win. But there was something going on, so I went down, I told my wife at the time, I says, you know, today I think I'm going to 
go down there and make that altar call. She goes, no, you're kidding. I said, no, I'm going to do it. I went down there, and I gave my life to Jesus. Now, I'm going to get back on script. I eventually, let's see, I had given Jesus my depression, my guilt, and my financial anxiety, and my ties, but I didn't, didn't want to give him my drugs and alcohol. You see, I was going to be a good drug-using Christian. What's wrong with that? I thought it was okay. And I figured, I figured this is the deal, God. I, I'll be good from Sunday to Thursday, but Fridays and Saturdays, those are mine. I work hard. I play hard. And I walked away. I felt like, hey, I'm a born-again Christian, man. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Well, my Fridays and Saturdays started leak into Mondays and Tuesdays, and it's just a matter of time I was back on right where I started, Right? And eventually, my life come crumbling down. And again, on October 26, 1979. Now, remember, this started in April. Now, by October, I was upside down. I was in the parking lot of Los Angeles County Jail, and I cried out and said, hey, God, you can have the drugs, too. Boom. That was it. And that was the beginning. I cried out to God. Within 24 hours, I found myself in a recovery program that was orchestrated by God. I came out of that program drug and alcohol free. I have to tell you that it wasn't, an easy, it wasn't easy staying sober. I needed to be busy, and I had to keep my mind and body occupied every wake-up hour of the day. I went to meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings. I worked more and became more involved with my church, and for a long time, AA was my only source of recovery. I eventually began to rely more and more on Jesus, and my prayer life increased, and so did my serenity. I still would get those urges, but I would quickly get to a meeting and contact my sponsor. One day at a time was my program. My life became manageable again, and I was starting to feel good about my life, and I eventually divorced my my second wife, who refused to stop doing the drugs and alcohol. So here I am now, drug and alcohol free, born again, and single, making a ridiculous amount of money. It doesn't get any better than that, right? Well, God had a plan, and when God wants to do something, it gets done. After 10 years of separation from my first wife, had moved from the, moved with the children to Florida upon our divorce, we were remarried. There's a whole lot in between there that I'm not going to tell you, right? But the bottom line is this. Got married in 68, divorced in 78, and remarried in 88. Now, there's a whole lot of stuff that took place in those, during that time. I relocated to Florida and began a contracting business, and it was very successful. It was shortly thereafter I began attending church at Morningside. I had shared my story with one of the staff pastors, and he suggested that I, had rec- I I'd lead a recovery group called Overcomers, to which I replied, you must be crazy. No way. Look, my plan was to make a lot of money 
sell my business for a lot of money, and then go play golf and go to church. That was my game plan. But you know what? God had a different plan. Needless to say, I surrendered to God's calling, and we began a small recovery program called Overcomers. And it had been established years prior. However, it had died, and the church wanted to bring it back. It was small in the beginning and grew up to about 30 people. Then, that is when Pastor Tom asked me to look into a ministry that had begun out in California called Celebrate Recovery. I told my friend Bob Hansen about it, and he said that he had heard about it through his brother's church in West Palm Beach. So we went and we checked it out. Well, the rest is history. I enrolled in a Celebrate Recovery step study at West Palm Beach, at the West Palm Beach Church, and as a result of that, exposure, that experience, my life was radically changed. My relationship with Jesus was, for lack of a better word, brought into full life. I saw myself for the first time the way Jesus saw me. He revealed to me that the cause of my stinking thinking, and he revealed to me the cause of my stinking thinking and that my alcohol and drug addiction was a byproduct of the environment that I was brought up in. In other words, I was a product of all my experiences from birth to present. My four-step inventory revealed that I am, I am who I am, why I am who I am. Psalms 139, 23 through 24 says, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart, and test my thoughts. Point anything out, point out anything that you find in me that makes you sad, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Step five gave me healing. James 5, 16, confess your sins to God yourself and, another, and someone else you trust so that you may be healed. Today I have peace with who I am, and I'm a child of the Most High King. By working the program at Celebrate Recovery, at church, and AA and NA, I have learned how to trust God and not to take on the whole world by myself. He put the right people and places things in my life to get me where he wants me to, to go so that I can do what he wants me to do. It's more of him and less of me. I must say, step three was the most important step in my recovery. When I've completely surrendered my life and will over to the care of Jesus, and in my life truly began to be, that is when my life truly began to be enjoyable and doable. I eventually was called into ministry, and with the mentoring from Pastor Tom and all the other godly people God put into my life, I am now a full-time pastor here at Morningside. I have completed the required educational steps to facilitate God's calling, and I have, one, I have a wonderful marriage, and my relationship with my children are, are beyond explanation. I love and enjoy all five of my grandchildren. and two great-grandchildren. I used to get up in the morning and say, oh, man, not another day. I wish I, I, wish I wouldn't, wouldn't have woken up. But today I wake up, and when I see the ceiling of my bedroom, I rejoice. And I yell out, Yahoo, I get another crack at it. <laughs> my walk with God is steady. I seek his will diligently. Oh, excuse me. It's okay, I'll get through this. 
You know, I tell this thing so many times, and each time I tell it, this happens. You'd think of, you know. I've held various religious studies, such as Old Testament and New Testament survey classes. I taught a class on the history of Christianity. I even taught Bible to the 11th and 12th graders at our academy for two years. <laughs> Go figure that out. <laughs> and currently preach on Wednesday nights at the Wednesday night believer service in the chapel. My time on staff here at Morningside has enabled me to counsel several people and introduce them, in a, introduce them to a loving and healing Savior named Jesus Christ. My life is continually being molded on to, confirm, to conform to Jesus' design for me. I realize now that I was made by God for God. For way too long, I had thought that God had made me to make me happy. I now know that if I make God happy, he'll make me happier than I could ever make myself. No drug or drink can replace the high I get from my high power, Jesus Christ. My prayer is that if this testimony has touched you, if you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart today, if you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, I want you to know that there is a loving God who wants you to know how much he loves you. No matter what situation or circumstance you may be in, no matter what you've done, no matter how, long you, how low you may feel, Jesus wants to put his loving arms around you. He wants to lift you up out of despair. He wants to give you peace beyond your comprehension. If you're here for the first time today or you have been coming and not getting into the fullness of this ministry, I suggest that you step up and get involved. Step out of the dark and into the light of our creator. Step out of the, he cannot, here's this, he cannot not love you. Did you get that? He cannot not love you. He made you to love. He made you for his enjoyment. Step into his grace tonight and be transformed. Start this time as a time with a sense of hope. Let this be a time that could change your life forever. Don't let another day, minute, or second pass. Don't hesitate any longer. He's waiting for you to invite him into your heart. Celebrate recovery is your gift from God. It's yours and mine to embrace and enjoy that others can see his magnificent healing power. Whatever your hurt, habit, or hang-up is, God is bigger than any of them. So in conclusion, number one, I'm grateful to God for the grace that he shows me. Ephesians 2.8, you have been saved by grace through believing. You did not save yourself. It was a gift from God. Psalms 103, I will not forget the glorious things God does for me. He forgives, he forgives all my sins. He heals me. He ransoms me from hell. He surrounds me with love. He fills my life with good things. He is merciful 
and tender to those who don't deserve it. He is slow to get angry, and he never bears a grudge. He has not punished us as we deserve for our sins. Number two, not only am I grateful to God for the grace he's shown me, I'm thankful to God for the plan he has for me. Jeremiah 29, I have good plans for you, says the Lord. I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope and a good future. In addition to being thankful for what he has planned for me, I'm grateful for the home he's prepared for me in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5, 1. We know that our body will be destroyed, but when that happens, God will have a house for us. It will not be a house made by human hands. Instead, it will be a home in heaven that will last forever. Amen? And lastly, I'm grateful to God for the changes he's making in me. Philippians 2.13, God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. 2 Corinthians 3.18, and as the spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like him. My name is Mike. I'm a believer in Jesus who is in long-term recovery for drug addiction and alcoholism. Thank you for letting me share. You know, It's all him, man. It's all him. Wow, what a blessing. Celebrate Recovery is unique. It's based on the actual words of Jesus Christ. It's forward-looking. Not, we don't, our past is our past, but it's forward-looking. Celebrate Recovery puts strong emphasis on personal responsibilities. God says, you do your part, I'll do mine. Celebrate Recovery calls for a spiritual and specific commitment to Jesus Christ. Celebrate Recovery emphasizes growth and healing in the context of small groups. And here's the best. Celebrate Recovery is a leadership factory. It builds people up and transforms them from consumers to contributors. You guys are on the brink of something really big here. You gotta come tomorrow night and check it out. There's two types of people walking on the face of the earth. People in recovery and people that should be. (laughs) A Christian life is a life of recovery from our sinful nature, amen? Not everybody needs a recovery program, but everybody needs Jesus, amen? So I just wanna encourage you to Come tomorrow night and find out what Celebrate Recovery is all about. I'm sure that everyone in here knows somebody, if it's not for themselves, that could use it. Amen? It's an awesome community outreach ministry. 
and you'll be doing what Jesus said in the Great Command Commission. Go and tell. Amen? Let us close. Father God, I just thank you for this time to be able to share with my brothers and sisters in Christ the glory and the joy of Celebrate Recovery. Father, thank you for allowing me to be used by you. Uh, this, is, this is not me, this is you. And I thank you for each and every person in this congregation. I pray that you'll give them a teachable spirit and a sense of serenity and peace as we depart from here today. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share your glory in my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. As you remain standing, I wonder if we could offer prayers now as a commissioning prayer for this ministry uh, that's going to take place uh, tomorrow night. And so whether you feel like you stand in need of this ministry or whether um, you are a leader and you've been, uh, you're going to be a part of it, facilitator or, you know, volunteering in some way, or maybe, you know, that's not just your thing. But just hearing that, you believe that lives will be changed as a result. Whatever, whatever place you're coming from, let's lift up prayers of commissioning and blessing for this ministry. Holy God, we as a people, we as your church, place this ministry before you. Before we even had it in our minds, it was yours. And so we dedicate ourselves to you and to your service keeping in our heart the future stories that we will, we will hear just like Mike's story. Give us the vision, Lord, of, of transformed lives and healed marriages and reconciled relationships and people experiencing true life in you. Lord, go before us Bless every word of each leader. Bless every message of each speaker. Bless every smile of every greeter. And Lord, we pray that your spirit would be so prevalent that all of us would sense your presence and hearts would turn to you. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being about your work that as empty vessels, your spirit works through us, even despite us, and does amazing things. Thank you, Lord, for this time and this reminder of the power of your gospel. And bless us, Lord, as we go forward, seeking out the change and the transformation that comes only through you. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So people of God, as you go forward, go as a people in recovery as Jesus continues to work on your heart and in your life. Go in his peace. You are dismissed.